These are only imaginary ropes. I struggle and fight until, with Superman strength, I drag my body up. I creep downstairs to the dining room. I see something out of the window. Sitting on the garden wall is a figure. It is small and white, and I know who it is. Jack Frost. Probably is made of ice crystals. There's a slender moon and he glitters in its small light. Jack knows I'm Mark Johnson. It makes me feel better that he's there, shining and still on our garden wall. The next day, Dad is quiet, but we tread around him carefully. A few days later, he goes away. Dad's always going off somewhere. He's a very important person. Without men like my dad to fit all the pieces of steel together, there would be no power stations. That's why the whole family moved from Newcastle-upon-Time to Kidderminster, because Dad and Nan and Mum and all the uncles and aunties were helping to build a big power station so that people can turn on their lights. Now Dad works all over Britain making power stations. He's very handsome. With his cowboy clothes and his collar-length hair, he is 1976. He is now. He is my hero, and I love him. Dad stays away for long periods, and then he comes back for a few weeks. I always know when he's due, because Mum has the house unnaturally clean. This time I'm going to be in trouble with Dad. Mum has found some badges and stickers from the joke shop up in my bedroom, and she thinks I've stolen them. The day Dad's due, I don't go straight home after school with my big brother. I skulk around with a gang of kids. Finally, I turn into 89 Reynolds Street, and reluctantly, I bang the brass knocker. Mum answers. Where have you been? She asks me. Just look at the state of you. I step inside the house and there on the reclining chair, but not actually reclining, is Dad. I say. All right, Dad. I make for the stairs. Stay here. I want to talk to you. Just because I'm away doesn't mean I don't know what's friggin' going on here. His voice is controlled. Too controlled. I ain't done nothing, I tell him. Dad says, You have. You've been at it again. Thieving. Dad's voice drops to a low monotone. How did I get a friggin' kid like this? I should chop his fingers off, because that's what they do in some of those hot countries. He doesn't shout. He gets scarier and scarier as his voice gets quieter. Suddenly he's jumping up and dragging me to his bedroom. He throws me across the bed. He pulls off his cowboy belt. I brace myself as the belt lands on my lower back. Pain shoots all over my body. He hits me again and this time it hurts. But it doesn't hurt because now a part of me is somewhere else. Up in some huge green tree watching him hit me. I'm detached. I'm cool. I'm like Jack Frost. Down on the bed a kid is crying and a big blue man is standing over him. Get up the friggin' stairs now, friggin' puff, hisses the big blue man and gets out of the room. Sniffing, I go to the attic room I share with my big brother. Dad goes off to the pub at the end of Reynolds Street. For a while there's a new kind of silence, the silence of relief. Unless Dad's gone on a binge, he'll be back at closing time. My body tenses. 
Someone has wrapped the ropes around me again. I can't breathe. Then the door slams. There's Dad's voice. Soon my mother is shrieking at him. My brother gets up. Where are you going? I hiss. Then I follow him down the stairs. Mum and Dad are standing there, Mum shrieking. He starts to punch her. His hands are enormous. Across the fingers of the left is tattooed, Love. Lots of people have that tattoo, and they have hate on the other hand, but Dad doesn't. He says it's because he doesn't hate anyone, so he has a crucifix on his right hand instead. He holds Mum still with the hand that says Love, and punches her with his other hand. She screams. I want to run away, but I can't move. Suddenly Shane is rushing into the room. He stands between them, planting himself right in front of my mother, staring Dad out, daring him to hit her more. Then Dad holds my brother round the...